Hashtag MSW. One on one with football's living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. There's a chance now for Kamalo. If he goes on his own, chance for Bartlett. Shot over the top. Well, that was a splendid opportunity. Another defensive error by the Malawian team and South Africa really should have capitalized. Kamalo not prepared to shoot on his own. We noticed that in training yesterday as well. A little reluctant to take the effort. Puts Bartlett in. He has chance to bring it down. And then uh, with perhaps his balance, just a little off balance, Bartlett banging it over the top. Masinga, space, acres of space for John Mishweo. We know he's got a strong boot. He's going to cut inside. John Mishweo. Oh, great ball to Tinkler. This must be in. Eric Tinkler has scored. And Eric Tinkler, who has waited ages to get a goal, he's come so close on previous occasions, has put South Africa in the lead. And all the talk that we've heard here in Blantyre over the last couple of days about how Malawi is going to win, well, the stadium is silent. Well, they talked about it as a stadium being absolutely silent. Well, this gentleman is known as Bigfoot during his playing days. We're going to find out exactly what his shoe size is to warrant that nickname. Well, you can't just get it if you just got a little tiny size too. Now, the guest tonight has played, what, over 303 career league games and managed to score 21 club goals in the process in all of the leagues uh, that he has featured in all around the world. Uh, he was also a member of that famous Bafana Bafana team that enjoys uh, still, till today, that cult status, the class of 1996. Also played here at home, also played his trade in Portugal. We can't forget what he did in Italy. And neither can we forget what he did in England. But believe you me, that's not where his football career ended. Change gears. And a very impressive coaching career as well. I mean, he led teams like Orlando Pirates, Cape Town City, Supersport United. Yeah, that famous stint at Chipper United, as well as Maritzburg United. He's truly contributed immensely as well to SA football generally. And as we continue to celebrate our heroes every single Friday, and we celebrate them while they're still alive, and we thought that he too it deserves a place on the table of legends. And why not? Let's welcome Eric Tinkler. Good evening, sir. Welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening, Robert, and good evening to your listeners. And I apologize for the the wind that you might be hearing in the background but yeah i live in cape town and i actually came here to watch uh, cape Moyo play the cape town all-stars and uh, i'm currently still at the stadium beautiful at vasco and uh, yeah so i apologize for the the wind that might exist behind the call not a problem. I know that you're a football person. Last week it was Roger. He was also from a game as well. So I see it finished nil-nil, Cape Town All-Stars and Cape Moya. Yeah. How would you describe that derby game? Yeah, it was an interesting derby game. Obviously, both teams looking to try and secure a win today. But uh, unfortunately, neither of them being able to achieve it. They, they basically played a null and void against each other. Uh, so, to be honest, a little bit of a dull and boring game because mm. we didn't see many, many uh, opportunities being created from either side, um, which was you know kind of expected to a degree. 
considering what we see in the NFT league at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was um, I was getting a bit worried though, because every time I track uh, Cape Moya, they are drawing in a in the in a game, Eric. And I always feel that somewhere, somehow, if maybe even three of those draws had been uh, three points, they would be there with the likes of Richards Bay and Sikukuni at the top of the table. I agree with you, Robert. I think you know they started the season extremely well, and unfortunately, the last two games that I've come to watch them here, they, they they haven't managed to collect uh, maximum points. And if you're playing at home, you obviously need to try and collect maximum points. And uh, had they have collected those six points, they'd be obviously up there where, where they need to be in terms of challenging for promotion. And having watched the game, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't expect to be analysing a game. We're supposed yeah. to be celebrating you, Eric, but I know you're a football person and why not? Yeah. I, I think even the last time it was nil-nil when they played against Richards Bay away. Yeah. And then they played at home against Pretoria Kelly's. That, too, was also a nil-nil draw. And I yeah. remember a draw, nil-nil, also at home against the Kukone. Um, yeah, they, they fell to score. So it, it seems like there's a clear-cut problem here that we are easily identifying as the inability to score no, a single yeah, goal. There's, there's a trend uh, everywhere, not only in the NFD. There's a trend in, obviously, the PSL. Yeah. I think what you you tend to see with all the the teams that play they they play with fear, and when you play with fear that that's a problem you you play with a reluctance to want to go forward, you play with a fear of conceding, so what you tend to start seeing is teams that are happy to get a draw, which is wrong, but I think that's that's something that we've created unfortunately in in South Africa, we've created the importance of every winning every week. Uh, winning is the most important factor. Uh, and everybody believes that if I win this week, uh, I have a chance of uh, promoting the team come the end of the season. And I don't think there's a lot of realism in terms of what our objectives are come the end of the season. So uh, there's a lot of pressure on players and, and coaches alike. So, and I, this is my personal opinion, I think players play under a lot of fear of losing. When when you have that, it's very difficult to go and win games. I remember the declaration that one made about two seasons ago saying that a lot of teams, unfortunately, hence the lack of excitement in the games, is that they're playing not to lose. And when you play yeah. not to lose, then it means then you, you've got no desire really to go and win the game, which is what football is about. Football is about, yes, Pep Guardiola wants to win. He might want to win pretty, but yeah. he wants to win. If he wins 5-0, he knows the guys can score another three goals, or he wants to win 9-0. But whatever it is, the football is designed for goals. That's why they have goalposts. Yeah, and, and using Pep Guardiola as an example, the man has a a bank account that doesn't basically end. He yep. he can sign whoever he wants, and uh, he basically has quality footballers. and And his expectations is that you know we go out every game, we we look to win every game, and uh, we won one 0 fantastic. We won four 0 even better. We lose, doesn't matter. Next week we try and regroup and and, and win again. That, that's just the fact of Manchester City. But mm. you cannot compare Manchester City with uh, Southampton. Southampton can't have the same expectation. Southampton can't believe that, well, we're playing the same way. We're going 
We expect to win 1-0. We expect to win 4-0. We lose 1-0. doesn't matter. Next week, the expectations can't be the same. Mm. Because financially, there's, there's a massive difference between the two football clubs. And I think the, that, the, that becomes very, very important. Yeah. I was going to say they might be hamstrung in terms of what they do in, as far as who they are as Southampton. But at the same time, it's a case of what is, what is it, what, what's the philosophy that a Southampton coach, for example, um, I think, yeah, Ralph, Ralph also knew, what, what is his philosophy when it comes to coaching a Southampton? Understand, um, Robert, Robert, yeah. there's nothing wrong with believing in yourself and, right. and, and wanting to achieve things. I'm, I'm that type of coach. Irrespective of who I coach, I want to win. Every game that I prepare for, I want to win. Irrespective. I might be which I was. I was Chippy United. I'm playing Mamelodi Sundowns, mm. most expensive club in the, in, in the league. When I prepare to play against Mamelodi Sundowns, I prepare to win. I go out planning to win. There's nothing wrong with that. That is the right mentality to go into the game. Let's be realistic, as well. mm. and let's let's judge uh, the value of both teams. Look at the Absolutely. quality that Mamelodi Sundowns has versus the quality of what Chippy United has. I beat them. Fantastic results. Well done. Exceptional. Did you expect it? No. Realistically, you didn't expect it. That's that's three points added. Mm. Fantastic result. You lose, you can't be judging people on the loss. But unfortunately, we do. And and that's the sad part. What I talk about the bravery, though, Eric, is that, again, and, and I'll use this as a final example when dealing with a, a Guardiola you know, for tonight, is that when you arrive and you've got England's number one goalkeeper by the name of Joe Hart, and he is the darling of everybody in the UK. And you come in and you say, I actually do not want this goalkeeper. He does not play the kind of football that I want in terms of how I build up my play from the back. Uh, because he is just kick and hope that the ball gets to somebody. I want somebody who is actually a football player, but who is a goalkeeper. He gets rid of him. The whole entire UK is up in arms. How on earth can this guy take away our England's number one? He's crazy. He's mad. But then after a while... The idea is there. He starts winning and winning convincingly, reaching, breaking records, etc. So all I'm saying is that when it comes to a philosophy, yes, they got the cash. Look that. Look away from that. We know in Eric Tinkler what he's been able to do from a coaching perspective because we saw that. We saw it on the continent. Uh, we saw it domestically, especially when you were at Pirates. And, and we'll play back again what Orlando Pirates chairman said about you because those are heartwarming words when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. But from your philosophies, a lot of people still believe that an Eric Tinkler can deliver. But yet you find yourself, I mean, I don't know, Eric, whether you still have a job right now. The last time I spoke to you, we had a lengthy conversation about football. I'm and, still uh, unemployed, yeah. Robert, unfortunately. I think what you just said now in terms of uh, heart yeah. and uh, leaving uh, Manchester City. And then you said uh, some time passed. No, it wasn't a short time. It took time. Yes. But people gave uh, Pep Guardiola that time to prove that the decision that he made was the right decision. 
I think that is important. Mm. And we don't give that is time important here. Because uh, it's one thing saying, oh, uh, I've taken uh, Joe Hart out of the team and then the next week he loses and everybody starts making a judgment on Pep Guardiola. No, because it can happen. Mm. The problem that you have in professional sports and professional football is that in terms of developing a team and achieving things with a team, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And and he was given time to prove the point that he was entirely correct in terms of the decisions that he made. So I think that that's key. That's very, very important. That you have long-term goals. You can't have short-term goals. If you're looking for short-term goals, then it ain't going to work for you. It ain't going to work for the future of your club. And you're going to probably find yourselves moving further down the league, uh, being relegated when you have short, short-term goals. When you have long-term goals, I think you, know, you, you have more success. A lot of people have been asking us this. I might as well start with it before we delve a lot of stuff about your career, Eric. Still talking about football as it is right now, and I'm glad about this overview we've had. Somebody said, if, and this is no disrespect to the people that are there in charge right now. Um, I'm looking at Facebook, Twitter. The questions were, ask Eric, please, if Gavin were to ask him to come in a system at Chiefs, would he say yes? I would, <laughs> to be honest, because I think it's it's quite sad to see a team as uh, as big as Chiefs to find themselves in the situation that they currently find themselves. Obviously, the the ban that 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 that, that has been infl- afflicted against them over you know the last year that that obviously hasn't helped them. But you know, I would be more than willing to come and obviously give whatever knowledge I may be able to, to pass on. But, you know, Gavin, Gavin is an exceptional coach. Gavin has proven that uh, he, he's won leagues four times. I haven't won a league as yet. Yes, I've won cups and I've, I've managed to take teams to, to big competitions. Gavin has won four leagues and I know Gavin very well and we actually get, get on extremely well. And, and I know the value that, that Gavin can, can bring to any football club. And unfortunately, the, that's the situation that, that he kind of finds himself in, where, where unfortunately, results haven't been coming. But, but us as coaches, we, we understand that the, the responsibility always is going to fall upon us, you know. And if the opportunity ever arose for me to, to go there and help, which I doubt, I, I sincerely doubt that that, that is the, the situation. Obviously, I, I would be willing to, to do that, but um, I don't see that opportunity ever being available. Why do you say that, though? I think what people are starting to see right now is what they see at Mamelodi Sundowns. <laughs> and now they're thinking that this is going to work at, at, at all football clubs. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is that, that that doesn't entirely work because... You know, we, we professional football coaches and uh, we all have our own beliefs in terms of how a team should or shouldn't play. Gavin has his, his belief. I have my belief similar to what we see at, uh, at Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, currently, yes, yes, it is working. We've seen fantastic results. But, you know, they, they've 
they they have an exceptional squad, you know. So so it's difficult to to sit and judge, you know. So yeah, it's 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 a difficult one for me to 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 answer. I think it would be very difficult for me and Gavin to to work together uh, in a particular style of play. If mm. if we were both adaptable, then I think yeah. I could I could see that happening, but I think we we both have a different mentality in terms of how how we see our teams play. Absolutely, love that honesty, Eric. I wanna I know we played it earlier, but you were not on the line then. Because I would love your comment on it. Uh, I mentioned the chairman of Orlando Pirates, um, Ivan Koza, who we yes. hosted twice about two weeks ago as a chairman of. Pirates, and then he came on, and then there was an issue on the Friday regarding the league um, and all of this buying and selling of franchises, including your former team, uh, Bidvez Vitz, as well. So, yeah. but here, the clip that you're going to hear now was him wearing his hat as the chairman of Orlando Pirates because a lot of people, as you'll hear tonight, have been singing the same chorus over and over again. But here was his response. Marawa Sports Worldwide. We are in conversation with the chair of Orlando Pirates. That's uh, Chairman Ivan Koza. Eric Tinkler, any possibility of him returning ever to Pirates? You know, uh, Eric will tell you, Rob, you know, uh, I do not know how to part way with that man, especially with his work ethics. I was a pain, you know, to release him. The man has graduated and, uh, and I'm happy that he achieved few things to show what kind of a person he is. I'll never rule him out if ever there's a need for me. I have to consider at some point for his qualities and his character. And also his passion for the game and his discipline. Interesting enough, a lot of uh, teams that he went to, they asked me first. And I gave a reference for him as if I was his agent. Uh, he's the kind of guy who's hands-on. He does not send people who can take those calls and put there. He physically does everything himself. What a gentleman, what a hard-working person. Hashtag MSW. What a gentleman, what a hard-working person. Um, he says he does the work himself. He was at pains to release him. Uh, says, I did not want to part ways with that man. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing again what you've heard yourself. How do you respond to a chairman uh, singing your praises in that way? That's very easy, Robert. The only person who ever believed in me was was the chairman, Ivan Corner. To be brutally honest, you know, you you introduced me tonight by telling everybody in terms of what I achieved as a footballer, but the harsh reality is in South Africa nobody actually saw that achievement. The only person who ever saw that achievement was was the chairman, and the chairman gave me that opportunity, obviously, to to coach uh, Orlando Pirates. So I will always be in, indebted to him for for giving me that that opportunity. Yes, I know what my value is. I know what, what I do and I know where my strengths lie and, and I know my work ethic, you know, but at the same time, I know that the only person who, who gave me that opportunity was 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 the chairman of Orlando Pirates because at, at, at WIT, they didn't give me that opportunity. I had that same work ethic. I had that same belief. I had that same... Uh, never say die attitude that that I have. Uh, but the opportunity never 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 came. But but he gave me that opportunity, so I will always be indebted to. But but why do you think where a lot of people would have 
thought um, as head of development, if I'm not mistaken, back then, Eric, and also being an assistant coach at Bidvesvit. I mean, I'll come back to what Chairman said and what what that means overall. Why do you think adverts that was not seen and that was not offered to you? I think um, Bidvesvit, obviously... When, when I joined the club, obviously, in 2005, I think you'll remember, you, you still invited me on Radio Metro as, as part sure. of this program about a legend. Yeah. And uh, Bits were relegated into the NFD. And uh, I, I joined the club then as a assistant coach to Booby Solomons and uh, as a player. Even though I was 35 years old, I was still a player. Uh, which what, to be brutally honest, Derek Blankensee, who was the CEO at the time, that that's really what he wanted me more for, was my playing ability than, than my coaching ability. But when I applied, I actually applied for the job to become the, uh, the head coach. And uh, unfortunately, he said to me, Booby Solomon had been appointed as the head coach. Uh, they would love me to come in and... Uh, be the assistant assistant coach, but but player as well. And uh, I think I think it stems back to to then. To be brutally honest, I think the hard work that we we put in to try and get the the club promoted back into the the Premier League, and uh, and we got the team promoted with still four league games. I think it was four league games to be played. We had already been confirmed as uh, the the league winners, and uh, I went back. I wasn't even there. I went back to to England to complete my uh, UEFA coaching courses. Uh, my disappointment was that, to be honest, that that all that that I had given the club, and then when Bobby left, and I had to take over the team uh, for the last. I think it was six or seven league games because we were struggling. And uh, we just managed to save the team from relegation again. Once we had uh, been in the PSL. And then Roger came in and he was the head coach. And I thought that was me. I was done at but I went back to Portugal because that's where I was living at the time. And then Roger invited me to become his assistant coach. He actually, want, actually Roger wanted me to play again. And I said, no, no, no. My playing days are, are done. I'll come and assist you. That's all. You know, and, and that's what I was always seen as. as somehow, oh, no, Eric is, a, you know, he's an assistant coach. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a, nobody at Bitvesvitz really saw me as becoming the head coach. Which is bad. Yeah. I was about to say, I mean, did that, that, that hurt I, you? I started my career. I started my career, you know, I went to Vitz from Florida Albion. Mm. Uh, my dad was my coach when I was young at Florida Albion and on the West Rand. And I went to Vitz to say, uh, I can't have people saying, oh, no, you're only in the first team because your dad is the coach. So I left to Vitz and, and Derek Blankensee, funny enough, at the time was the <clears throat> head coach of the under-16s. And... Uh, I moved my career from there. So I have a, I have a, 
have a strong bond to Wits University. And I don't call it Bidvest Wits. It's Wits University. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that don't believe in this name-changing business that we have in South Africa. I think you must call it what it was. It was called Wits University, and that's what it, for me, has always been. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to see that, you know, they're looking to try and resurrect themselves. You know, and and hopefully we'll see Wits University back in the back in the Premier League. Absolutely, and we dealt with that story last week where they did confirm that they might be in the lower rungs, but uh, they will continue. They will still operate as the clever boys. They will still bring back the uh, the sign on the badge from the university itself, and uh, you know, try and revive ninety nine year history is no joke. You can't just splash that out at the water and hope everything comes out well. All right, after the break, we continue our story, our journey uh, with uh, Eric Tinkler. Don't go anywhere. Lots of voice notes, lots of your questions on Facebook, Twitter, as well as, yo, I don't even know. It's all over the place. Facebook, yeah. Plenty questions for Eric Tinkler. He's our legend tonight. NSW. Uh, good evening, Mr. Marawa. You are speaking to Tapel. Uh, Mr. Marawa, please ask... Uh, Oh, Mr. Tingler, who came with the idea of him and the late shoes Musweo and uh, Dr. Kumala when they used to take those free kicks uh, at Bafana Bafana games? Thank you, Bramarawa. Hi, Mr. Marawa. Again, it's Elvis, uh, all the way from Oman. Uh, I just want to ask uh, Mr. Tinkler, uh, Eric Tinkler. Um, as now he, he a qualified coach, do you see himself coaching maybe in uh, in Portugal? Uh, because I remember he was playing in Portugal on these days. Um, and then uh, what the reason now we don't export another players to places like uh, Portugal, uh, England? Look now, England, we just have only uh, one player with Stau and then uh, in Scotland, they have a... So, but the, what's the reason why we cannot export more players now? That's a question. Thank you. I just want to listen already. Thank you. Thank you, Marawa, for giving me this chance. Thank you, Tinkla. Have a good one. Cheers. Hashtag Marawa Sport Worldwide. Hashtag MSW at 99.6 FM in Utrecht, KZN. This is Ususu Deep. Good evening, Coach. Uh, my question to you. How are you going to feel if maybe it can happen that Orlando Pirates, they are calling you back to come and become the head coach? And how did you feel by the time they told you that now it's time to part ways with them, the Orlando Pirates team? This is so deep, thank you. Hi, Rob, it's the Boko here. Uh, the man that you're talking to there, Rob, is a true legend, served this country with uh, so much uh, uh, dedication and passion rob he also transitioned quite well from playing into coaches and the work ethic never changed rob and one thing that i admire about uh, uh, coach eric tintler is that he also has the ability to spot talent and use players that are not uh, recognized as big uh, 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 players uh, particularly if you look at a player like um, uh, Mkolisi Kunene at Marisbeck, 
a player that no one looked at, but he was flourishing and played well under coach Eric Tintler. And my question to coach Eric Tintler is that, having played and coached coach, do you think uh, we have enough representation of former players in our league? Thanks, Rob. Hi, Rob. This is Juma from Balito. Please ask Eric, what would he do if he's given a chance to coach uh, Bafana Bafana? What is it that he's gonna, he can bring to the squad? And what does he think we need to do to bring South Africa where it belongs? Thank you. Bye. Good evening. Good evening, Robert Marawa. Uh, this is uh, Sam Kutase in Bloemfontein. Uh, let me say thank you very much for bringing Eric Tinkler. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. And uh, I remember during 96, I remember he wearing the jersey of Bafana Bafana. He's a wonderful man. He's a gentleman. And um, thank you very much. That's what I can say. And uh, thank you very much, Eric Tinkler, of what you have done for the country. And for me, uh, I used to put you together with Taka <laughs> during those times and Macfish and you guys were excellent and um, Robert Marawa to me sport is all about discipline if you don't have discipline you can't make it thank you very much Robert Marawa Sam Kutase Bloemfontein thank you so much Sam Kutase and I think that's the entire purpose of this show is to say a very simple word Eric is thank you and I think he summarized it very very well saying thank you for your contribution to the country both as a player and now as a coach and you can't get better than that especially if you're alive you're able to take in all of this these accolades what what does that mean to you I mean we'll go back to individual questions that were asked but I mean he has a guy Sam's just saying thank you that's all he's saying no, um, that that is precious. To be to be br- brutally honest with you, I think <clears throat> that that's special to, to have to have somebody to come back and say thank you for what you've given us. You know that that's heartwarming and and you know kind of little frog in the throat. You know, so so that's difficult to to take because yeah. and and as much as it's difficult, it's it's beautiful. I. I want to thank him for, for you know, being so kind in terms of his attribution, in terms of what he's he's giving me, in terms of what I what I get the back to the national team, and it's very very special to to have that that type of a praise. And the, I think that there was the, a very interesting one that came through. Well, I think they were very interesting, all of them. Let me start with Tapelo. Tapelo was asking about um, the idea of yourself, shoes, and Doc being the one that take the free kicks uh, at Bafana Bafana. Was that something that was just a, a coaching directive, or you guys saw it fit whenever uh, it was opportune? No, I think yeah, I was going to answer all of those questions. I think the, in terms of that, when when it comes to the free kicks. And where my name came from in terms of the Bigfoot issue, <laughs> uh, yeah, we we used to practice that a lot, to be honest, at training, uh, after training, but but you know it wasn't planned training; it was after training. We used to sit and and work extra hard in terms of working on our set pieces, and I can clearly remember Shoes uh, was very good at bending the ball over the wall. Doctor, to be honest, he wasn't the greatest. 
uh, you know, outside of the box in terms of his ability. But but shoes good. But anything a little bit a little bit further, let's call it 25, 30 yards outside of the box, uh, they would look to try and lay it off to me in terms of me trying to use the power and the strength uh, that I had. And and during the AFCON in 96, I think, you know, the, the goal, what I can remember, the goal against Angola, which Mark Williams claims, <laughs> well, I, I can give it to him because, yeah, he, he did score it, but it came off the goalkeeper's chest because he didn't know where the hell the ball was. Uh, and we ended up winning that game from a free kick. And I, and I took a shot from 35 yards out. So, yeah, all of that 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 worked for us, you know, we, because of what we, we obviously done in training. So there was a good understanding between Shoes, uh, Doctor, and myself. And the question about this was from Elvis. Uh, I mean, he's one of our regular contributors on, on Voice Note. He calls in from Oman in the United Arab Emirates. He, he was talking about coaching in Portugal, whether that has been a consideration for you. Uh, would you ever consider if you got a job out there? I think I actually got a, an SMS not so long ago from someone now with all the exploits that Pizzo has had in the, obviously the the World Club uh, Championship, and which is absolutely phenomenal. I think it's a phenomenal achievement to see a South African coach get to that level. We haven't had a coach, a South African coach, get to that level before, and yeah, we have Pizzo Mosamani doing that. And I and I think there's no coach in South Africa that doesn't have that ambition. I'm no different. I, my ambition has always been to to one one day want to coach in Europe. Now I'm going to answer a previous question around uh, why don't we have players in Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and the answer is exactly the same. Unfortunately, I'm a coach in South Africa, and currently we are not highly rated in terms of world stats. If we look at ourselves on FIFA stats, I'm not sure where we're sitting right now, maybe 85th or something. The chances of me getting a job opportunity in a country like Portugal, even though I played there, they're always going to see the fact that, oh, but where's the coaching in South Africa? If our national team is not performing at the highest level, we as coaches, we as players, will never achieve what we hope to achieve. That's why I keep saying, now it's easy for me to say that. What we achieved back in 1990, a lot of the players from 98, 2000 and Benny came along and Quentin Fortune and all of that. Let me just quickly step in. Sorry, Eric. Eric, let me just quickly step in, not because you're saying anything wrong. I just want to take a quick break and move to the news at the top of the hour. Um, I'll give you time to settle down um, for the next four or so minutes as we take the news. Our our conversation with Eric Tinkler uh, will continue. But right now, though, uh, it is news. Uh, She's been hard at work the entire week. And being part of MSW, it's our honor and our privilege to make way for royalty.
Here's Princess Anne Musa. Good evening, Rob. This is Sipo from Naledi Soweto. We thank you for bringing to us our former international star day. The man who represented us with aplomb, we appreciate him. Uh, greetings to you there, Mr. Tinkler. Quick one to you. We see in the teams you have, you have already coached. The players, their body language, the confidence in the way they play. I mean, I, anyway, I don't mean to be controversial here. My favorite team almost won the league last season. And all they need now is a coach like you who knows how to bounce back. Since you did it after losing to Egypt and you went on to win to winning ways and you lifted the cup with Bafana Bafana. You know, you understand how to motivate players because you can relate. Anyway, we appreciate you and thanks again for being a gentleman and a good servant of the game. Love and peace to you too, Mr. Marawa. So, Robert, uh, Mr. Marawa, um, Victor Makeza, was in Zimbabwe. coach Eric Ting. Champions League uh, final, runner-up. How does it feel looking back? What was our figure? Oscar. Hi, Mr. Marawa. It's uh, Melusi Kuzwaya from Seconda. Uh, thank you for bringing in this guy. Uh, as an Orlando Pirates supporter, I just want to say, uh, <coughs> I just want to say, uh, Mr. Tinkler, we need you. Please come back to Orlando Pirates. That's all. We love you so much. Eric Tinkler, how's that, my guy? One of the best coaches ever. Just that you're underrated. And then, like, yeah, that's how South Africa is. They don't give credit where it's due. But I just want to ask one question to Eric. Eric, do you think South African chairmen, those men that owns the clubs, do you think they are fair to you as South African coaches? Do you think they are patient to you when they don't get results or whatsoever? You know? Do you think they are fair to you guys? Like, I'm asking there and I want to know. Fabrica Snell, Kamalapalan. Mr. Marawa, good evening. I just need to ask uh, Coach Eric Tinkler because he had a very good and a hot shot. Uh, what advice can you give to the young stars how to make that kind of a shot that will make great goals in Bafana Bafana? Is Moses Mokwena, Kanana, extension 4, in Tembisa? I'm going to start off with that one about the, the, the shot. I think it sounds very, very good. I'm going to couple it with a tweet that I've got. Uh, but firstly, thanks uh, to Princess Anne Musa with the news at the top of the hour. We continue Marawa Sports Worldwide. It's a Friday today, Metro Fam Radio 2000, and we're taking all of your voice notes. We're going to dive into questions on Facebook. Um, he's a very, very popular figure, this uh, Eric Tinkler chap that I'm chatting to. And, um, and why not? He deserves it. He's earned it, both as a player and as a coach. And uh, 
um, you heard that last voice note. I mean, they were asking about uh, what are your tips regarding taking and packing such a powerful shot. I had a tweet earlier from Tim Rams who was saying that I remember watching a game on a black and white TV back in the days. Mr. Tinkler banged a powerful striking shot. The generator went off. And when we checked the petrol, the petrol was still full. And then we blamed his shot for that. I thought that was really a funny story that came through. So quite ironic uh, that somebody else uh, on the voice note has a similar question. Eric? Yeah, obviously, <laughs> my, my shooting ability came with a lot of uh, practice. You know, every every single day, especially at Vits, I'll I'll never forget. There used to be a, I don't know if you know Mill Park Stadium or what yep, now the it is, old... Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mill Park Stadium, the uh, if you if you uh, the main stadium to your right, mm-hmm. the currently there's a there's a wall there that's kind of like a a, a stepped wall. But back back in my time, it used to be a brick wall. And I used to, I, I studied at Damlin and, uh, to finish my matric, mm. which was in Joburg. And then from Damlin, I used to make my way to, to Mill Park Stadium or Bidvest Stadium. And, you know, the team, we only started training at six in the uh, evening, mm-hmm. but I used to be there already from four in the, the afternoon. And I used to kick balls against that wall. And we actually painted like a goal a goal on that, that wall. It was a brick wall back then. Yeah. And I painted a goal and, and every single day of training I used to go there and I used to shoot at that wall. But I used to do it barefoot, Robert. I think that's important, you know, me being South African. Yeah. Uh, it's important for people to note I couldn't afford uh, to go buy new boots every uh, two, three months. So I used to protect my boots. For training, so when training started, I used to go to the that that brick wall, and I used to shoot at that brick ball barefoot. And I think that that was very very important to <laughs> to make everybody aware. <laughs> oh, that is crazy! That, that, that is works. crazy. So, so the the bigfoot is is not a, a bad connotation in terms of uh, what our what my ability was. No, it was a bigfoot. Uh, what size foot, shoe do you but take? It was more barefoot. I'm a size ten. It's not oh, that big. It's not that yes. big. I'm not a. I'm not a size twelve or a thirteen. I'm a size ten. Okay. All but right. bigfoot, bigfoot in terms of the power that came the, behind it, yeah. Absolutely, and yeah. and we can never lose sight of 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 that. All right, I got a couple of. Um, messages let's let's quickly fly through these because we got some voice notes from people that you might know um who who said please 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 uh eric has has got to listen to our tribute uh to him uh fabregas i thought this was a very important question fabregas's question to you regarding sa chairman saying that do you think they are fair to you and he asks collectively as coaches because if i'm not mistaken eric since you left or fired i don't know what happened at maritzburg united you haven't had a job. I think um, Clinton yeah. Larson probably finds himself in a similar situation. And you, you guys, I mean, are formidable coaches, but you also no nonsense coaches. You don't just take jobs because there's a job available. He says, "Do you think the chairman have been fair to the coaches?" Um, Robert, that's a difficult one to to answer. I, I don't think I can sit and blame the uh, chairmen. Chairmen are obviously going to do what what they can do for their football clubs. 
or the best they can do for their football clubs. I honestly believe right now, us as coaches, we we need to start looking to protect ourselves a lot, a lot better than what we do. That that's really all all that I can I can say to you right now. I don't think we protect ourselves. I think it's 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 one thing I've learned over the years that I've been involved. Obviously, the game has evolved and it has changed, and I've accepted the fact that. Um, the blame is always going to be placed on us mm-hmm. <clears throat> as coaches, which is normal. It's only normal. And the modern game, that that's, that's unfortunately the way it is. But I think in terms of uh, what our contracts mean, I think Do that... they mean that, anything? Well, currently, I don't think they mean anything. And I think we need to change that. I think the, the contracts need need to mean something. I think that that for me is 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 very important. The contracts need to mean something. I think it's it's far too easy to to put the blame on us as coaches. But also just to fire you as easily as it happens these days for no apparent reason. Um lots of No there's, voice there's notes. a reason, Robert. Yeah, I think there yeah. you're wrong. I think there you're wrong. The reason mm-hmm. is let let me use myself, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. Sure. Uh, the press, the press said, uh, "Oh, you haven't won since March. You haven't won since March. Yeah, but uh, what are you blaming me now for COVID? I didn't bring COVID. <laughs> you know, the league, the league stopped in March because of COVID." Uh, the league restarted again in August. So, labeling uh, the fact that we haven't won since March, yeah, I think that's a bit harsh. But is it a fact? Yes, it is. Last last time we won was in March. Um, and yes, we accept that. Mm. I accept that. You know, the team goes on. We go into the bubble, uh, six games left. You, yeah, okay, we, we know where we finished the season before. We just avoided relegation. We survived because of the playoffs. We're laying in sixth position. We still finish uh, where we finish in the top eight, which is quite amazing for a club that just survived uh, relegation but that that's what I said to you unfortunately mm. we are judged on our last games and and us as coaches we, we need to understand that we are the ones that will always take the blame when the team wins or the team loses um, when the team loses the blame is on us and, and we accept that I accept that but I just think in terms of the protection that exists around us, I think that that needs to improve. I think it's too easy right now. Yeah, yeah. I need a whole show with you about coaches. I'm not, I'm not going to delve into that too much. Yeah. Um, there was a caller from Wulawayo in Zimbabwe, Victor. And he talked about what I think a lot of us still talk about till today, Champions League final, being the runner-up your feelings 
And did that take anything away from the team in terms of what you were doing on the continent uh, vis-a-vis, Eric, what was going on domestically? Sorry, Robert, I missed the, the first part of your question. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, Victor in Bulawayo and Zim asked about the Champions League, the final, talking about the runners-up status and also talking about your feelings and whether or not whatever great achievements you were having on the continent kind of adversely affected you domestically. No, it's always going to... Uh, well, I think now it's it's kind of changed to a degree. I think back then... Um, when it comes to Champions League, Roger was actually the head coach. Mm. And uh, that was always going to be difficult because, you know, we we were running a, a league very different to, to what you see in Africa. So we were extending our leagues. And that, that was always going to be very, very difficult. And similar to what I faced in the... The, the the Capcom Federation when I was at Orlando Pirates and then obviously again at Supersport. So the biggest disappointment for me was the fact that, yes, at Orlando Pirates, we got to the CAF Champions League final and, and we, we unfortunately lost, which was a, a massive disappointment because, you know, losing is, when you get all the way there, is, is, is really, really hard to accept. And then obviously myself as the head coach, having done the same thing in the CAF Confederations Cup on two occasions, once at Orlando Paris and then the second time obviously at Supersport, it's very, very hard. But but one needs to praise oneself for having achieved that because, because being, being able to get there is one hell of an achievement on its own, first and foremost. I think that's, that's important to to remember but yeah me as a coach i remember the the positives the the trophies that i won not not the ones that i didn't i hear you eric i'm sure you want to hear the voice of somebody that you knew very well who was part of your squad was probably one of the craziest human beings we've ever come across on a friday i think he camps on this show on a friday listen to this quickly Robbie, what a legend you got there. Eric, the Iron Man Tinkler. Yo, what a hard tackler. Yo, I used to admire his tackles because he'll go wholeheartedly when he goes for tackles. And even not over the ball, just hard on the ball. That's how he was. Yeah, the boy from Rudy Port. Yeah. Uh, I know Rudy Port, a small, small, small town, somewhere, 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 somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he was born there. And then uh, uh, he came to Jobek to play soccer. That's where they joined Vets because Rudy Port is full of this expensive sport called golf. Yeah, maybe Eric couldn't afford golf clubs. That is why he resorted to come this side and join us because you know boots are affordable. So and then yeah, they didn't look back. But then yeah, he did his market vets and then he, uh, very loyal at vets and then he he went overseas. He made his mark there, Porto, and you name them. He, dis- he didn't disappoint. And then uh, Bafana Bafana, yeah, and I was fortunate to play alongside him at Bafana Bafana. 
And look, we had a very, very best team ever. Yeah. Good technical. Clive uh, Baker, Jobo Sono, and uh, Phil Jones, uh, the doctor, uh, uh, and many more. The Lambikins of this world. Yeah, we had a very good uh, combination in Bafana Bafana and that's how we won Bafana Bafana. It was not a fluke. I don't even want to mention players. We got a, a good combination of local and abroad. About the likes of shoes, think like himself, uh, Dr. Kubalo, Macfish, Sizumtau, uh, Dale Sizumtau, you name them. Yeah, Zen Musa. Yeah, it was just that combination. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I think that's where Pesuit is. Good evening, Rob, and good evening to your listeners, and good, e- good evening to Coach Eric. Um, this is Mark Askin speaking, uh, former Bidvest Fitz player under Coach Eric. I remember being a fan of Coach Eric. I was just about at every single game at the FNB in 1996 when we won the Nations Cup, was there at the final two, and... Uh, was a big fan of him, and I mean, we've heard all about the free kicks, but yeah, thought he was amazing. And then, uh, unfortunately, I was on the receiving end of a 4-0 drubbing we received from Vitz when I think Eric Coach Eric actually scored his last goal as a professional while I was still at Swallows. And then they had the privilege of working under him at Bidvest Vitz um, as my coach. Um, and I must say that I learned a great deal from him, a great professional, and... Um, I respect him a great deal purely because of how much he loves the game and, you know, how much effort he puts into it. Someone who respects the game, and that's what I really appreciate about him. Um, I learned a great deal from him in terms of his coaching. I, myself, as a young upcoming coach, uh, I have taken a lot away from what I learned from him, just, you know, the way he applied himself, you know, the way the professionalism and how he conducted himself on the field, um, Absolutely amazing guy, absolutely amazing coach. And I wish him nothing but the best in the future. And I want to thank him for what he has uh, given me. Um, I learned so much, like, as I said, and it's invaluable. It's become part of my intellectual property, something I'll use for the rest of my career as well. So I owe a great deal to him and a great deal of thanks as well. So I just want to thank him for everything he's done. And long may he continue in this game. Oh, wow. Robert, that's it, awesome. Oh, I mean, I'm just like <laughs> blown awesome. away. I mean, that's from the heart. Mark Haskins, yeah, how do you respond Eddie, Eddie to that? Mortale, Eddie, Eddie Mortale, <laughs> let me tell you, what a character, what a phenomenal <laughs> guy, what a brilliant, brilliant character. When you said, oh, there's somebody, uh, uh, immediately I said, it must be Eddie. It can only be Eddie. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Eddie. And, and you know what saddens me? Yeah, yeah, you have a phenomenal character that has so much still to give to to football, I think, especially at uh, the youth level. And I think we should be doing something to try and introduce him into the youth level. I think that's something that, when I look right now, let's be honest with ourselves, Robert, how many, how many professional PSL clubs actually have a youth development? We, we lost one of the biggest youth development football clubs. Well, we lost two. We lost Bidvestwitz and we lost Ajax. And and we have to ask ourselves now, what, what youth development clubs do we have uh, currently? And, and if we have to recreate them, 
we need to be putting knowledgeable players, players, ex-players. Mm-hmm. And, and Eddie is a good example. If you can put Eddie into a, into a youth development structure where, where he can give all the value that he, that he has and the knowledge that he has, I think that is, that is going to build our country, build our national team to, to get back where it, where it uh, needs to be. Mark Haskins, he took us to the, the Nedbank Cup in 2010 mm-hmm. as Bud he, he He was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, he has the biggest calves I've ever seen on a footballer. <laughs> I've never seen they, they, the size of uh, uh, rugby balls. Literally, his calves are huge. And uh, what he done against Free State Stars, in the semi-final was absolutely phenomenal and uh, someone I'll never forget and uh, I appreciate the, the fantastic words he's obviously uh, given to me. There was Juma earlier who asked about whether or not you would ever consider coaching Bafana Bafana. Obviously I would. I think that's every single coach's ambition is to one day coach his national team. And obviously, I would love to to do that one day, uh, coach my national team, but but ensure that I think, like I said to you, our national team cannot be ranked eighty seventh or whatever it sits right now. We 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 got to in nineteen ninety eight or ninety seven, I think it was. We we got to sixteenth in the world. I think we got to 16th in the world. And uh, if you want to see more players going into Europe, that's what needs to happen. That's the only reason why we had players in Europe. Because we were ranked 16th in the world. If you ranked 85th, well, don't expect people to come knocking on your door. That's that's just a harsh reality. And I think I answered a, a, a question that... Uh, someone else asked in terms of uh, you know why why can't we get uh, players into Europe well there's your answer we are where our ranking is nobody's coming and nobody's coming out to scout players and look at players and say well South Africa is a destination that we go to to look for quality players they're not going to come here that's just the harsh reality because our national team is not not doing good enough Sure. So we need to change that. That's a sobering thought. And I hope you bounce back pretty soon. I mean, I always reflect back to what you did back in 2008, really, when you talk about development and, and the name Eric Tinkler for me stands out, having set up those structures for uh, Vit University within the Football Academy, having created a, that technical program as well for the academy, having managed and administered the day-to-day running of that academy, having scouted players to join that academy, and look at where we are now. I hope soon, Eric, you're back on that uh, touchline, on the dugout, wherever people sit these days with covid uh, thank you so much for always availing yourself for the show. I know at times it's very difficult under the circumstances, uh, but you're a true pro. You're a legend. Always remember that and know that people appreciate you in every sense of the word. Thanks, Robert. And I think it's very important what you just mentioned uh, in terms of the the youth development. I think what, what 
people don't understand is how difficult it is to find sponsorship, especially for youth development. And uh, if we can start seeing more people looking to to provide that type of sponsorship to to better the youth development processes that we have at, at football clubs, be they professional football clubs, which I think very few have junior uh, leagues, uh, whether it be amateur football clubs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with within the amateur structures. I think the more we can try and get sponsorship there and and improve the development of the youngsters so that we ensure ourselves that we have a better PSL league in terms of what, what is being offered by the, the clubs, in terms of the players that that represents the clubs, I think that that becomes very, very important for me. You know, Absolutely. I asked myself the question the other day, I was speaking to a friend and I was saying, when you look now, where are you going to go fetch a, a young player? Show me a club that you're going to go fetch a young player. Where? where? What club exists? Currently, uh, before Ajax used to be everybody's turning point. Oh, we're going to Ajax. Well, guess what? Ajax doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Bedwes Wits. Wits doesn't exist anymore. So where are we fetching these football, these young players? Where are we fetching them? Sure. What a question, question to leave we, us. Exactly. Yeah. We, need, we need to ask that question. Where are we getting these mm-hmm. boys? Let's keep asking them, Eric. Thank you so much, man. We're out of time. Uh, but thank you very much indeed for for lighting up our Friday. Really appreciate you. Thanks, Robert. All right. Stay strong, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we break away Metro FM as well as Radio 2000. Eric Tinkler.